Mary Jones and Her Bible, Chapter 1, At the Foot of the Mountain. It would be hard to find a lovelier, more picturesque spot than the valley on the southwest side of Cater Idris, where nestles the little village of Lathanga e Penat. Above it towers the majestic mountain with its dark crags, its rocky precipices, and its steep ascents, while stretching away in the distance to the westward lie the bold shore and glistening waters of Cardigan Bay, where the white breakers come rolling in and dash into foam, only to gather afresh and return undaunted to the charge. The mountain and the outline of the bay and the wonderful picturesqueness of the valley are still much as they were a hundred years ago. Still the eye of the traveler gazes in wonder at their wild beauty as other eyes of other travelers did in times gone by. But while nature's great landmarks remain or undergo a change so gradual as to be almost imperceptible, man, the tenant of God's earth, is born, lives his brief life, and passes away, leaving only too often hardly even a memory behind him. And now, as in thought, we stand upon the lower slopes of Cater Idris and look across the little village of Langfihangel. We find ourselves wondering what kind of people have occupied those rude gray cottages for the last century, what were their simple histories, what their habits, their toils and struggles, sorrows and pleasures. To those, then, who share our interest in the place and neighborhood and in events connected with them, we would tell the simple tale which gives Lanthe Hangel a place among the justly celebrated and honored spots of our beloved country. In the year 1792, nearly a hundred years ago, the night shadows had fallen around the little village of Lanthenhangel. The season was late autumn, and a cold wind was moaning and sighing among the trees stripping them of their changed garments, lately so green and gay, whirling them round in eddies and laying them in shivering heaps along the narrow valley. Wan and watery, the moon encompassed by peaked masses of cloud that looked like another ghostly cater idris in the sky, had risen and now cast a faint light across a line of jutting crags, bringing to, into relief their sharp, ragged edges against the dark back ground of rolling vapor. In pleasant contrast to the night with its threatening gloom, a warm light shone through the windows of one of the cottages that formed the village. The light was caused by the blaze of a fire of dried driftwood on the stone hearth, while in a rude wooden stand a rush light burned, throwing its somewhat uncertain brightness upon a loom where sat a weaver at work. A bench, two or three stools, a rude cupboard, and a kitchen table. These with the loom were all the furniture. Standing in the center of the room was a middle-aged woman, dressed in a cloak and the tall conical Welsh hat worn by many of the pheasants, peasants to this day. I'm sorry you cannot go, Jacob, said she. You'll be missed at the meeting. But the same Lord Almighty who gives us the meetings for the good of our souls sent you that wheezing of the chest for the trying of your body and spirit, and we must needs have patience till he sees fit to take it away again. Yes, wife, and I'm thankful that I needn't sit idle, but can still ply my trade, replied Jacob Jones. There's many a deal worse off, but what are you waiting for, Molly? You'll be late for the exercises. It must be gone six o'clock. 
I'm waiting for that child, and she's going for the lantern, responded Mary Jones, whom her husband generally called Molly, to distinguish her from their daughter, who was also Mary. Jacob smiled. The lantern, yes, said he, you'll need it this dark night. "'Twas a good thought of yours, wife, to let Mary take it regular as you do, for the child wouldn't be allowed to attend those meetings otherwise, and she does seem so eager after everything of the kind. Yes, she knows already pretty nearly all that you and I can teach her of the Bible, as we learnt it, don't she, Jacob? She's only eight now, but I remember when she was but a wee child. She would sit on your knee for hours on a Sunday and hear tale of Abraham and Joseph and David and Daniel. There never was a girl like our Mary for Bible stories or any stories for the matter of that. Bless her. But here she is. You've been a long time getting that lantern, child, and we must hurry or we shall be late. Little Mary raised a pair of bright, dark eyes to her mother's face. Yes, mother, she replied. I was long because I ran to borrow neighbor William's lantern. The latch of ours won't hold, and there's such a wind tonight that I knew we should have the light blown out. There's a moon, said Mrs. Jones, and I could have done without a lantern. Yes, but then you know, mother, I should have had to stay at home, responded Mary, and I do so love to go. You needn't tell me that, child, laughed Molly. Then come along, Mary. Goodbye, Jacob. Goodbye, Father dear. I wish you could ha come too, cried Mary, running back to give Jacob a last kiss. Go your way, child, and mind you remember all you can to tell old father when you come home. Then the cottage door opened, and Mary and her mother sallied out into the cold, windy night. The moon had disappeared now behind a thick, dark cloud, and little Mary's borrowed lantern was very acceptable. Carefully she held it, so that the light fell upon the way they had to traverse, a way which would have been difficult, if not dangerous, without its friendly aid. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path, said Mrs. Jones, as she took her little daughter's hand in hers. Yes, mother, I was just thinking of that, replied the child. I wish I knew ever so many verses like this one. How glad I should be if your father and I could teach you more, but it's years since we learned, and we've got no Bible, and our memories are not as good as they used to be, sighed the mother. A walk of some length and over a rough road brought them to, at last to the little meeting house where the church members belonging to the Methodist body were in the habit of attending. They were rather late, and the exercises had begun, but kind Farmer Evans made room for them on his bench and found for Mrs. Jones the place in the psalm book from which the little company had been singing. Mary was the only child there, but her face was so grave and her manner so solemn and reverent that no one looking at her could have felt that she was out of place, and the church members who met there from time to time had come to look upon this little girl as one of their number and welcomed her accordingly. When the meeting was over, and Mary, having relighted her lantern, was ready to accompany her mother home, Farmer Evans put his great broad hand upon the child's shoulder, saying, Well, my little maid, you're rather young for these meetings, but the Lord has need of lambs as well as sheep, and he is well pleased when the lambs learn to hear his voice early, even in their tender years. 
Then with a gentle fatherly caress, the good old man released the child and turned away, carrying with him the remembrance of that earnest, intelligent face, happy in its intentness, joyful in its solemnity, having in it its expression a promise of future excellence and power for good. Why haven't we had Bible of our own mother? asked Mary as she trotted homeward, lantern in hand. Because Bibles are scarce, child, and we're too poor to pay the price of one. A weaver is an honest trade, Mary, but we don't get rich by it, and we think ourselves happy if we can keep the wolf from the door and have clothes to cover us. Still precious as the Word of God would be in our hands, more precious are its teachings and its truths in our hearts. I tell you, my little girl, they who have learned the love of God have learned the greatest truth that even the Bible can teach them. And those who are trusting the Savior for their pardon and peace and for eternal life at last can wait patiently for a fuller knowledge of His word and will. I suppose you can wait, Mother, because you've waited so long that you're used to it, by the child, but it's harder for me. Every time I hear something read out of the Bible, I long to hear more, and when I can read it, it will be harder still. Mrs. Jones was about to answer when she stumbled over a stone and fell through fortunately without hurting herself. Mary's thoughts were so full of what she had been saying that she had become careless in the management of the lantern, and her mother, not seeing the stone, had struck her foot against it. Ah, oh, child, it's the present duties after all that we must look after most, said Molly, as she got slowly up, and even a fall may teach us a lesson, Mary. The very word of God itself, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, can't save us from many a tumble if we don't use it aright, and let the light shine on our daily life, helping us in its smallest duties and cares. Remember this, my little Mary. And little Mary did remember this, and her afterlife proved that she had taken the lesson to heart, a simple lesson, taught by a simple, unlearned handmaid of the Lord, but a lesson which the child treasured up in her very heart of hearts.